Hello and welcome to the Amplifier Podcast, the show where the best in business discuss how you can grow your business best. I'm Wyatt McPherson, I produce this show, and this week our host Don Cooper is speaking again with Randy Long for his final of three episodes with us. Randy is the founder and CEO of Long Business Advisors and author of The Braveheart Exit and Bulletproof Your Exit, all of which are built and designed to aid in a smooth transition and exit from your business. Don and Randy discuss how important it is to plan your exit from your business, when the right time to do it is, the best ways of going about it, and ultimately how you can and should start to plan out something that many entrepreneurs unfortunately fail to realize the immense importance of until it is too late. It's a fantastic conversation that deals with not often talked about business topics, so make sure you check out our other two episodes with Randy after this one, and subscribe so you don't miss any in the future. But with all of that said, I truly do hope that you enjoy this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. Sometimes the question comes up of when it, when should I sell or when can I sell, right? That's different than I'm going to sell. But yes. really, when should you or when could you? Part of the process that we run through is, is basically um, having an, we assess the resources, right? right. So as an example, um, I always tell my business owners, look, when we've had businesses um, and, and we've run them, it's different for you to live uh, out of running a business where you've got your health insurance is paid for and you you get, you know, they you, the truck comes from the business and you have, mm -hmm. you have all these different pension pension plan. Oh, we got all this going on, right? Yep. And so and so our actual income though is is let's say it's uh, 250,000 bucks. That's our actual income. Yep. But but what we're actually using the business for, we're getting an economic benefit of 400. Yes. Oh, yeah. I I, I I fully appreciate that. You you may be getting a two hundred fifty grand, but you got a five hundred thousand dollar life. That's right. So yeah. so then they think, oh well, I'll sell the business, you know, for um, five million bucks, and that's all I need to replace everything. But but what you have to you've got to first of all you got to pay the tax, whatever that planning is. So you yeah. got to pay the tax. So that comes off the top. Then you've got to pay your M and A people, and you got to pay your deal lawyer. Uh, you got to be pay any of the employees that have um, either stay bonuses or equity positions of some sort. Uh, and then what's left after that, then you've got to live out of that portfolio portfolio. And by the way, your expenses are roughly 25 to 40% higher than uh, they were while you were running the company. And right. so all of a sudden, what looked like a ton of money, it, how are we going to make ends meet? And I, you know, so we try to, for our clients, we deal with all that stuff up front, but too many business owners and is part of the reason that they, they regret the sale is because they sold, they weren't, they sold too early thinking that they didn't need as much as they did because they yeah. discounted, they didn't understand all the ways that um, they were going to need money and how much they would lose from the sale of the business. So, you know, uh, assessing resources a big, is a big deal. Um, the other thing for us too, and you've experienced part of this is assembling that team, you know, putting the team together to accomplish the exit part of it, of course, the, the M&A firm comes towards the end of that period, mm -hmm. but there are other team members up front, you need good tax people, you know, you need, um, you need a financial person that's working with you. We like, I like the role that we, we play and, and I don't know almost anyone that does what we do truthfully. But I, the role that we do is essentially putting ourselves in the place of the owner and say, knowing what we know, what would we want this owner 
to have in place and to prepare him for what's to come, right? So that is getting the right team around you, assessing your resources, understanding what the gap is between what you have and what you need. And that then gives us goals about growth. And then we can start dealing with process and all the issues we've discussed about building in the catalysts, you know, that we need to reach the level of growth that we, that we want to reach our goals. So, you know- I mean, to be I'll successful in this whole thing from a setup and through exit, when I think about the estate planning and the insurances and taxes and yep. all of that, you know, entrepreneurs get into whatever they do, whatever their business product and service is, because they love and are passionate and are experts at that. That's right. And in order to be successful for exit, you need a you need to be an expert in planning your estate and your taxes and and your insurances and your income planning post exit. And we're not that. Right. Right. And, and right. so, but most of us will go, Hey, I better go buy some insurance. Right. And I better, you know, go get, get a will and, or I better get an accountant to figure out my taxes. None of which is actually strategic in terms of dealing with that sophistication in a way that you can get the most value and the most and equally. I mean, all that stuff just feels painful to me. It does. Well, the <laughs> owner, like you say, the owner typically makes the decisions but the truth is they're not qualified honestly to make them yeah they don't know so i was at a meeting today as a matter of fact with a with a at a law firm with the cpa firm came and basically the lawyer and the cpa they are clearly they're looking to us for the overall structure of the planning you know right. we're telling them what to do and as opposed to if the if the client had been trying to pull it off, they'd have go seen the lawyer, then they'd have gone seen the accountant, and and they wouldn't be they don't they wouldn't know what to do because they're they basically do what they're told to do. We need a we need a trust. Can you do a trust for us? Sure, do the mm -hmm. trust, get paid, they move on. But nobody. The reason that we have a business is because we are always thinking on behalf of our clients. What is the next thing that we're supposed to do? along the, the path of getting us ready for an exit. Some of our cases will last six months to a year. Some of them, uh, I have one in the eighth year, a number of them in the third and fourth year because we, we, we become um, not just friends, but we, we're, we become confidants, you see. And so they right. like to, if they're continuing to grow and they want us to stay on to help them just make, because the bigger you get, the more complex the issues become. And you don't a lot of times recognize what's ahead that you don't know that you're looking into a it, that becomes a problem, you know. So we're we're thinking ahead of all of that. So it's nice if you can find somebody that can think with you and plan with you that actually knows that has a a, a big broad background, like you said. So mm -hmm. my my just so I say, so my background, yes, I'm a lawyer, I'm a certified financial planner, I'm a certified exit planner. I have ins I've had insurance licenses. I was a, had a series seven. I was a stockbroker years ago. I mean, I have this, you know, big, big background, a broad set of capabilities. Right. So you have, you could take a 30,000 foot view and not just be worrying about those individual components. That's because, because, because the solution is the sum of all those things and how they all work together, isn't it? You got it. And you, 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 you have a good grasp of what I'm talking about. Yeah. But most people, well, I, 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 because I've gotten my own insight in our own entrepreneurial network, because I never thought about this stuff. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, I, I mean, loosely, I mean, I say, oh, I got to get a will and I got to do this. And I got, I don't want to learn about that. I, I got no interest in wanting to learn about tax, but I do want, I do have a massive interest in paying as little of it as I possibly can. That's right. right? That's and, right. and so I, I, but having someone who has that view of what, what was really interesting is, you know, that idea of a family office who, who coordinate all of these other experts in insurance and legal and tax and estate. And it's not only is it complicated and sophisticated, it's always changing. It's always changing. That's correct. It's always changing and depends on the, the political, you know, mode going on at any given time in any state province or country and when who's 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 deciding to take your money so they can pay for <laughs> giving it to somebody else that that's right it seems like the politicians all seem to think that they know better how to spend our money than we do <laughs> yeah. i mean I, I i don't mind giving money away oh. for good causes i just don't want someone else deciding where it's going to go exactly i, right. I recognize there are certain things we need we need a military and we need good roads and you know, there are a few things that I'm really, really willing to pay for, but I'm not a big fan of deciding, you know, um, welfare around the world. All it does is impoverishes, impoverishes the nations and keeps them impoverished. Look yeah. at Africa. Yeah. America no, so much we've money. Been, it's 100%. We, we, we've, we've been raising money and donating money for as long as I've been alive, and I don't see anything getting better. We just make them dependent. That's yeah. all. You know, I'm, uh, me personally, you know, all the political spectrum. And I think in North America, we are more polarized politically than we've ever been yeah. between, you know, the, the, the conservatives and the liberals or the Republicans and the Democrats. Yeah. But I honestly think most, most North Americans are much more centralist in that I think we, we, we all want, we all want small government to get the heck out of our way but we all believe in some level of a social safety net um, yes and you know i i i i call myself um a fiscal conservative you know but socially liberal yeah. but not not necessarily charity not necessarily you know throw the money out because you know i don't know if anyone looked lately but of all the place all the ways that money can get spent uh and wasted um governments are not great at getting things done with money they are not <laughs> they are you know, not it's a you know, fact it is incredible how they could spend tens of thousands of dollars that you or i could figure out how to do for 500 bucks <laughs> right and so yeah, it's, that, the, you know, it's the twenty thousand dollar toilet seats on the aircraft carriers right yeah but you know i i think that you know i think all governments and democracies start with a philosophy to serve the people's interests yeah. but as they grow and get into a massive uh bureaucracy they become self-feeding and mm -hmm. they they shift into not serving the people, but serving their own existence and their own growth and justification. That's right. The power, once they get the power, nobody, nobody releases it. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, what, what is it they say? Um, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. How does, you know, we, we talked a lot about how the business owner gets ready, you know? Yeah. There's another whole element to this, which is important to me, and it's important. I know it's important to you. It's how do you get a family ready for yeah. any exit or transition? Yeah, uh, and of course, the the simple answer 
is every family's different. So yeah. there are some, there's some things that do need to happen though. Part of getting the family ready um, is understanding that the need of what it's going to take you to live afterwards. So that we talked about this earlier before about understanding the resources and finding out whether there's a gap. This is part of the family planning is the financial side of the family planning is the start. You, you need to make sure that your wife and kids are going to be taken care of whether or not um, you do the sale or not. That's one thing. So family planning includes the actual estate planning. It includes planning for opportunities for your kids inside your own business for education, opportunity, um, experience, all that kind of thing. You want to give them that. Uh, and then you also want to see whether or not there are ways to, um, we like to also give, if the company's growing and the kids are involved, we also like to see if the family's decided there is a certain dollar amount, uh, had a meeting today with one of my clients. He knows he wants $30 million of, of value. And when he reaches a, a sale at the place where he can get 30 million, he's done, right? That's his, I'm, I'm finished. Yeah. So, but he also, within that, we're also planning to give kids certain interests in the business so that when the 30 million is sold, he knows that two millions here and two millions there and two millions there. And so, so he's, right. he's thinking within the family because the family has helped him build the company, you know? Yes. So being responsible, I do think too, you have to be careful that you don't, um, I'm not a big fan of trust babies. You yep. know, I, I think that it handicaps their ability to, and the opportunity to fail and to make a living and to have self-respect. I don't mind the trust kick in when, you know, they're 40 mm -hmm. or 35, maybe a little bit in 35, but mostly I want them to go through the hard knocks of, of a career. Yeah. You were talking about this last week about talking about how, how that should be done. I mean, I remember I, I didn't grow up in any way as a, as a, as a trust baby or a silver spoon. I was an, I was a, I got, my dad died when I was 13 and my mom struggled to pay the bills. Exactly. I remember, I remember age 16, 17, my mom was struggling because she had a second mortgage to kind of cover things. Cause dad didn't have life insurance, the right life insurance. And she would come to me, I was working and she would come to me almost every month asking to borrow money to pay the mortgage. And I was, I was literally giving her mortgage payments when I was 16 and 17. Yeah. When I finished high school, I got accepted in the university. And I remember being so proud of the day that I got that acceptance letter. And my mother didn't speak to me for a week. And, and she finally said, you know, you know, Donnie, like, I don't have any money to send you to school. Right. And, and she was really hurting about that. I remember that conversation really well. And, and I kind of started laughing and I said, mom, I said, I, I don't expect you to pay for this. I says, I got this, <laughs> right? But, you know, and I, I take a lot of pride in, in, in having figured out how to get through life that way, that there was no handouts. But uh, so I, I don't have the perspective. I, I, my, my kids, I, they're certainly way more spoiled and and, 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 uh, and have a better life than I had growing up, but, sure, uh, but sure. giving expectations of, of a free ride when you're 18. I mean, to me, I think that that is a setup for absolute failure in life. It sure is. It sure is. And too many people, that's kind of their goal is to be able to make it, put their kids on easy street. I don't want to put my kids on easy street. I want to put my kids on opportunity street. Yes, exactly. Right. And, and my kids, I, I'm, you know, thank God, my kids have been super responsible, you know, um, 
my my oldest thought my daughter's married a guy that's got an MBA from Georgetown runs a company um, startup healthcare my next uh, daughter Ellen works for me the next one is a financial planner with the uh, truest bank and the next one is a, a tax attorney uh, in Charlotte has it as an LLM from Georgetown smart kid and and the final one is at NC State getting got one semester left for um, computer engineering. My kids have all done super well. I'm really, really proud of them. Good role model. They've done well. I'm thankful. Randy, what other thoughts do you have on how business owners can uh, and their families can get ready? What are, what are some final tips? You know, my biggest one, uh, let me just say this. Um, what's even helpful, the, the first book I wrote, The Braveheart Exit, which is the one we've talked about, is a, um, it is a thorough book. I'll say that. And it's also um, it's also a little bit technical, especially the middle of the book. So we we went back and we wrote another book, which is called Bulletproof Your Exit. And that okay. Bulletproof Your Exit, we have worked super hard to get it down to about 100 pages. <coughs> and we have had so many good, you know, I don't know if I have, I don't know if there's I don't think anybody's put, the, I haven't thought about having them put the, re, the reviews on Amazon, but the letters I get and the phone calls I get from the people that have read the book mm-hmm. has been really, really great because um, last week, a matter of fact, Genius Network guy was talking to us and he said, we read your book. He said, I've never read a better book in my life. It was the best written. It was clear. It had examples. It had stories. It had checklists. It had, so it was, <coughs> it was great. It was really well done. I was like, yeah, my lawyer son worked on it with me and my MBA daughter worked it with me. And so, you know, we, we wrote it together, but it's a really easy read. And I would love for people and really cheap, you know, it's in paperback. So right. it's like 12 bucks or something. So we would love for people to read that. The education they would get out of that, honestly, the guy said, quote unquote, is priceless to me. So awesome you know, you could, you're, you're going to have a very, very hard time finding somebody like me. You know, we do work around the, around the U S I don't work overseas at all. Um, but there's not almost very, very few people that actually do what we do. You know, there's people that will sell your company when you're ready to sell, but there's a whole lot of work between here and there. Yeah. I mean, you know, the handful of people that I know that do that total plan, uh, I've met, through our network yeah Um, uh, i have never met anyone who has that sort of holistic you know family office you know and unless you're a billionaire and you're warren buffett and you you build your own team yeah that idea of advising on all of those aspects is something that i've really come to learn inside of 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 our entrepreneurial network so it is a very rare thing because i can find lots of insurance advisors and I've, you know, I've got one and I, you know, tax advisors and I've got one and lawyers. Well, there's lots of them. Right. <clears throat> planners, lots of those. Yeah. You can find all the disciplines, but that's not what the issue is. Well, they don't develop a strategy and a plan for how they all work together that's to right. get the best protection for the business and the best value and the best outcomes. Right. Yeah. I and- think part of the reason why it works successfully for us First of all, I know what their jobs are and I know what to expect of them. Right. So they don't, you know, I don't get the BS stuff. I, I get, I, I can hold them accountable for what they're supposed to do for our plan. <clears throat> uh, secondly, if there's, we don't have, I don't allow this kind of thing where people are competing against each other to try to look good in front, in front of the client. 
Those people right. I get rid of, right? Um, so I eliminate that part. And then I try to eliminate people with conflicts. I don't want them to give me advice on something where they're going to make more money versus something else. So I, I need to be able to make those calls and then say, okay, this is what we're going to do. You can do this. And then right. they can do the work. But so for us, it allows us to help us eliminate the silo planning, eliminate the conflict planning and make this thing really, honestly, it's kind of fun to do the yeah. work. And, and, and especially the spouses, we've learned that um, the wives, we, uh, we do, we've got, I don't know, probably 15 or 20% of our clients are female business right. owners. So the majority of them are male run companies and the wives uh, they're very wary of us at first, but eventually they become our biggest, uh, you know, our biggest proponents because they realize that we're actually trying to make sure their husband takes care of them in a way that he would have never been able to do without us being involved. So and I can I can picture my wife and she's she said to me a few times, well, what happens if you get hit by a bus? Yeah. Right. And, you know, and I don't have someone like you right now. Um but, you know, I, it, this is something that I've got to get in place. So I, that's why I wanted to talk to you on the show so that, you know, my audience, my, all my entrepreneurial audience, anyway, not, not everyone that listens to the show is an entrepreneur, but um, I think this is really important because that's the number one thing for me is, you know, you know the value for me personally is mm -hmm. important, but second the value for me that's most important is making sure that my wife, my kids are, and my mother are protected through whatever happens so that, because, you know, that's what, that's why I want to create the value. Right. That's right. Um, that's right. And so, you know, the, the having, having a, having that central planning structure to me makes so much sense because other than that, I mean, I remember when my father died, and the nightmare of my mother trying to figure out where's the deed to the house and what were the debts and where's, right. where is and isn't the insurance and how do I pay for everything when he used to take care of this is almost 40 years ago. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I've got this real life experience of what happens when you get hit by a truck. Um, and, you know, and, it, and my father wasn't a business owner. He just, he just didn't have his house in order at the end of his life that yeah. resulted in a widow and children having to figure out how to, you know, move on. Um, right. And so it's, it's, it's a super important thing. Cause you know, you know, no one plans to get hit by a truck today. That's right. That's right. right. So I would say the most important thing is, is get started. Yeah. Get started. You know, and, and like I said, for the 12 bucks, and, and I don't need to push my book. I don't mean to do that, but I I'm going to go buy your book as soon as we finish this call. Cause I, I, I don't have it. <laughs> I don't know how to get, I, I wrote the book so that I could impact as many small business owners as I can, because a lot of them wouldn't be able to afford us anyway. Right. You know, we typically work with companies 20 to hundred million in, in value, maybe, maybe right. as low as five once in a while. But most of the small business guys, you know, are their business is worth a million or two million bucks, you know, right. and um, they need that, but they still need this work because that's all they have. So we need them to do well. Yes. And so this is a, this is a super buy for them. I, I, I re would really encourage them to read the hundred pages. They'll learn a lot. So your original book is the Braveheart exit, yeah. your revised and condensed book is called the bulletproof. Bulletproof, Bulletproof your exit. That's correct. Where can people get both books? 
Uh, you can buy them both on Amazon. Both on Amazon. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, I would encourage you, um, the bullet, the, the first one is longer and deeper, but for what we're trying to accomplish with the business owner and getting them a basic education, I would, I would read the second one first. Right. Bulletproof your exit. Yeah, if you're interested, I just I just love the name of the first book, and that's why I brought my sword and my kilt for this conversation. <laughs> well, we still call it the Braveheart process, okay? Awesome, it's still the Braveheart <laughs> process. Then my my attire is perfectly suitable for this <laughs> podcast episode. Randy, absolute pleasure. I'll, uh, will I see you at uh, this month's meeting at uh, with Joe? You will. Uh, with Joe's team, perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll you see will. you in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for the opportunity. I've loved the time with you. Yeah, no, this was fantastic. I mean, I, I do this show because I want to share great knowledge, but equally, you know, inside of our network, there's two things that we want to do, right? We want to give and we want to connect. And this is my way of giving and connecting to our it, network. Thanks, Randy. I'll talk <laughs> to you soon. Friend. We'll talk to you later. Bye now. Bye-bye. And there you have it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with Don or Randy at any point in time and discover more of what both of them can do for you and your business, then you can always find both of their links in the description of this episode. Make sure you leave a five-star rating on this show. It truly does help us out a lot. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss any future episodes. With all of that said, though, I truly do hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Amplifier Podcast, and we shall see you next time.